Hey, it's Mike here, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. But before we start, I want to tell you about this amazing free service that we've created called Launch That Blog. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to start your blog and not have to worry about all of the tech nightmares. As you're going to hear in today's episode, I am not the greatest person when it comes to technology. I really struggle with it. Um, It's actually kind of funny. One of the issues that I uh, ran into right in the middle of this podcast. So you'll hear about that in a second. Um, But so we wanted to help people because we knew the tech was this big thing holding them back from being able to create their blog. So we created this launch that blog service, which here's how it works. If you want to start a blog, there are some incredible tools that you can use. You can get hosting for under $3 per month using things like Bluehost. And when you go, you get a free domain, you set up your hosting and boom, you're ready to go. You can get started. But then you're wondering like, what's next? How do I create the actual website? How do I install everything? How do I get everything set up so that I have a beautiful website for my blog and I can start writing? And that's where we come in. When you sign up for Bluehost using our affiliate link, you get access to our free launch that blog service. You're literally going to pick your domain. You're going to sign up and you're going to fill out this request form from us. And within 48 hours, we'll have completely installed everything, created your blog for you and handed it over. So all you have to do is start writing. And to make it even easier, we've even added a ton of free bonuses that you can use to help you get a jump start and be successful from day one. So check it out in the show notes and enjoy today's episode all about blogging. Hey guys, welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. We're changing gears a little bit today. The last few weeks we've been talking about courses and all things like that. We've had a few guests on and today we're going to pivot a little bit and we're going to talk about blogging. We've spent a lot of time revamping our free blogging course, well, both on Millennium Money Man and on Laptop Empires. And by we, I mean Bobby has spent a lot of time (laughs) revamping the free blogging course. So if you want to check that out, you can get that in the show notes. But with that in mind, uh, we've had a lot of interest in blogging uh, with the quarantine and all of those things going on. People are really excited about it. We're getting a lot of questions about it. So we're going to talk about blogging and the five main things that are holding people back from getting started and why they're total bullshit in your <laughs> things that you just need to, to get over. So Bobby, Let's uh let's kick it off, man. This was this was your idea. I think it's gonna be a good yeah. episode. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to start with saying I I wonder if people can tell that we're always laughing before we actually start the podcast episodes. It's always, <laughs> it's like I listen I go back and listen to them and you can tell that like we were joking about something. So we just had a oh, those well, funny just, moments, right? We'll just go ahead and let you guys in behind the scenes here. We're gonna talk about one of the five things is tech. Like one of the reasons that you're, <laughs> you're that are holding you back is tech, and uh, we always tell our students like if they're having tech issues, like they should probably ask their grandma before asking me because I'm not good with tech. No. And to perfectly illustrate that, 
I started the episode by hitting mute instead of record. <laughs> and, so, and so I was talking, Bobby couldn't hear me. I had no idea what was going on. Took me a second to figure it out. And uh, so if, if I can make it in this big online business world with nothing but a laptop and no computer understanding knowledge at all, you guys can make it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the the blogging stuff, you know, it's been really interesting. I went through this period with Millennial Money Man. Early on, I would promote blogging quite a bit, and I really felt like I felt like it was a great way to make money, even though it's not the fastest way to make money. And, and you know, we've talked about that, but I really I believe in it. You know, and I, I, for the first many years of Millennial Money Man, I, I really believed in it and promoted it a lot, and I felt really good about promoting it. And then after we had a lot of success with the Facebook side hustle course. And I was, this was back when I was doing income reports and like the income reports got pretty large, like bigger than I ever kind of thought they were going to get. I went through this phase where I started feeling like, man, maybe I shouldn't be promoting blogging. Cause I don't want people to think that they can like just start a blog and start making this kind of, this kind of money. And so then I stopped promoting it for a really long time. But then as time has gone on, I've kind of really thought about it a lot. And I've noticed that I'm in like, I have all of these friends that are bloggers that do this stuff professionally. And there's a lot of them. Like it's a lot of people that just started a blog and they were able to leave whatever job that they had and they've got their, you know, dream life. Some of them become authors. Some of them like, you know, Natalie Bacon's a perfect example. Like she's crushing it as a life coach and she started off as a, as a blogger. Um, An attorney, a CPA and then a blogger. <laughs> and now, yeah, I mean, and then you like Alex from create and go. I mean, he's a really good friend of ours and he, you know, travels the world and like, has this great lifestyle. And so I started realizing that like, it wasn't that I needed to not promote it anymore. It's that I needed to promote it and then make sure I was giving the people the tools that they could actually use to create that pathway to the the life that they want with the blog, because it is possible, you know, and, and it's one of those things like most people that start blogs, they either quit too early or they don't really have like the right guidance on like what they need to do to turn into a real business. They kind of just put out content for a long time and then they don't learn how to monetize they treat it, it like their old MySpace or Zanga from yeah. high school. Yeah. And it's like, if you want to turn it into a business, it takes more than that, but it's not a whole lot more. It's like, you can still take your personality. You can still do all the, write about the things you want to write about, but you just have to be more structured with it. And you have to have a longer term plan for actually monetizing. So since I've kind of had that revelation, not really a revelation, I just, I wanted to promote blogging again. I, I believe in it. I think that a lot of people could do really well with it. And I think a lot of people could help a lot of people because that's one of the cool things about Millennial Money Man. I, I can point at thousands and thousands of stories of people that I've helped through my blog, you know, and that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't started. And I think there's a lot of other people out there that have something they can help people with and they can provide value for, but they just you know, they get scared and they don't jump in. So that's why I wanted to do this episode. I want to talk about some of the stuff that people get hung up on, especially as we redid the blogging, the free email course. And I've really had to take a look at like the objections and like, what did people get stuck on and why did they not actually go through with the blogger? You know, why did they not take it to the next level? So that's kind of what this is all about. And so, you know, I, don't, I guess we can start with tech if you wanted to start with tech or wherever. Yeah. We I, mean, let's, I mean, yeah, I thought we were going to roll right into it because we were talking <laughs> about it. So yeah, let's, let's yeah. talk about that. Cause I think it's a huge, it's one of those things like people, they're just like, how do I do this? I don't know how to design a website. I don't know how to right. do, you know, it feels really overwhelming. Right. My, my first thing would be like, you can learn anything on YouTube. <laughs> like, that would be, you know, yeah. if you get stuck, I mean, I've like fixed plumbing issues in my house 
off YouTube. You know, like fixing something on a computer is usually pretty simple. So I would say that's the first thing is like, you don't really need to be scared of tech because Google and YouTube are just so incredible that like you can figure it out almost immediately. Well, totally. And it sounds like a, like an old man here when I, back in 2015, when I started millennial money, man, like that is a long time ago in blogging years, it has changed so much. And I remember when I was first trying to figure out how to build the website and, and all of that stuff, it's way easier now than it was back then. And a lot of that is because the blog hosting companies, the web, like, you know, the server companies that host your website files, they have figured out that one of the big objections people have or the big problems is the tech side and, you know, actually getting their, their blog started. So a lot of them have really put a lot of resources and time and effort into making it like stupid, simple to actually start the blog. So um, like Bluehost, for example, that's a company that I recommend. I've been recommending for years. I think they're the best beginner blog hosting out there because one price, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's like three to $4 per month, depending on what package you choose, but they have something called a one-click install which is exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) So uh, you sign up for your hosting, you create your account, and then you basically click a button and it installs WordPress, which is the platform that you write in, right? It's like the, you know, the editor kind of, it's kind of like Microsoft Word, but it's on, in a website, in a website. It installs that, you know, it gets everything structured for you. And then you, you know, when it comes to like, how does the website look and all of that, drag and drop builders have become exponentially more powerful than they used to be and functional, um, back when I started, like the drag and drop builders kind of sucked and you had to pay for it. Like they, you had to pay a lot of money for them. And now there's a lot of great free ones where you can just, you know, literally just drag and drop even millennial money, man, people might not realize this. It's, it's built on, um, a drag and drop builder that is like, you don't have to code anything or whatever. And it's like many of the people that I know that do multi millions of dollars per year with their blog, they have a drag and drop builder. <laughs> so it's, it's just changed a whole lot. Um, since when, you know, when I started or like Larry, who um, he's our, our tracking consultant and used to run investorjunkie.com, like he was building everything with HTML, just, you know, typing straight it up, just yeah. straight up like old school. So, so that's changed a lot. The tech side of it, as far as getting started with the blog is very easy now. Um, and they've just made it a no brainer thing. And they know that people are concerned about you know, how do I, I don't know how to code anything. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. You don't have to do any of that stuff anymore with blogging. It's more about, you know, they've made it more accessible to where you can just get the site, make it look how you want and then start writing, which is the most important part. Right. And, you know, we joke about the the tech stuff, but I mean, like on the agency side of things, I've had to learn how to use all kinds of different tools that I didn't know how to use to be able to do those things, just to create automations, to create web pages, to connect there's integrations for everything that you use and the good news is like almost all of these programs now like if there's something you want to do let's say you want to create a really nice pop-up to get somebody's email from your on your website well you can go get a tool some of them for free and you download the thing and literally all you do is like you go on your website and it's like click here to search things and you (laughs) download it and then it's automatically on there and then you click the button and it's own drag and drop builder. And so, and then even anything, anything else, when you connect it, it's as simple as like downloading the tool or signing up for it on the website. And then they give you a code and you just go to your blog and you're like, I want to connect this thing. And it's like input the code and you input the code and then it magically works. Right. And so a good example of that is like, if you have an email list and you want, somebody that enters their email on your blog to have it 
sent over. So they're joined to a list and then start getting automated emails. Well, you set that up in the email system. And then all you do is you put the code from ConvertKit or ActiveCampaign or whatever into WordPress and it's magically connected. <laughs> it's, it's fairly simple to add these things. So I think tech should not be something that's holding you back if you're scared about it. Like there are so many people that you know, that are in their 70s that are doing online businesses and crushing it and, and like have no clue what's going on with te- the tech. So you can handle it. And probably one of the hardest parts is like getting your blog up and running. And that's why we put together our free launch that blog service where we just like build the entire thing for you. So if you sign up for your domain through Bluehost, then you just fill out our form and like we have the whole thing installed in like 48 hours or something like that for you. So we talked about that at the front end of the podcast, but check that out in the show notes if you want to get started and then you don't have to worry about tech. So let's move on from that one. I mentioned domain. This is the biggest thing that stops people is like picking the name. And I know this from personal experience because I remember like when I was trying to for a while, I don't I don't even have a site, right? So this is this has stopped me, I guess. Like I was trying to think of like, do I need to have a site for my brand, for my agency? And it was like, do I go with Threaddirt? Do I use my name? Whatever. I own both. Like, you know, but people worry about choosing the name. Um and you really shouldn't let that stop you. So can you can you explain like a little bit both like in Bluehost why you don't need to worry about your name, but also kind of like why it's not an issue down the road? Yeah, so it is the thing that people get hung up on the most. And this is actually just me talking to Bluehost and, and talking to, to, you know, the people that kind of created a lot of the things of Bluehost and talking to them about what's the friction for people, why did they not start? And the domain name is like the number one by far. And the reason is because people feel like they have to have the perfect blog name or else they aren't going to be successful. And it's it's not how it works. Um, you know, the blog name is important, sure, but it's not the be all end all. What's more important is the content that you put out on that blog. I can just tell you like millennialmoneyman.com. I don't think that it was the perfect blog name for a couple of reasons. One millennial is like ridiculously hard to spell. (laughs) So even though that's like, that's what the site is about. Most people cannot spell millennial myself included for a very long time. The only reason I know how to do it quickly is because I've had to do it so many times. I've had to buy every misspelling of millennialmoneyman.com and redirect it to the main site because it's so bad. You know, so that's a problem. It's a long domain name and it kind of sounds like a superhero thing. And I didn't realize that until after I did it. I didn't really like it that much after I picked it. And it was not my first choice. Um, I actually, when I started and sat down and started looking at domain names, I think one I was going to do was maybe like money millennials. There was just a lot of ones that were ahead of what I was going to do, but they ended up just not being available or whatever. And so I just typed in a bunch of different things and I finally found Millennial Money Man. And I was like, screw it. I, I just need to do this. Like, I know I want to start the blog. I know I, like this is a thing I want to do. So I'm just going to pick the name and go. And I'm glad I did because if I hadn't, I, I might've gotten hung up on that step and never created, you know, all the stuff that, that we have here now. And so that's what a lot of people like, they get hung up on that step in the process and they just you know, maybe never start. And so my advice for picking a domain name is is pretty simple. There's a couple of like very short rules that I have. Try to keep it kind of short, you know, try to make it, you know, not as like millennial money, man, that length or, or less is probably good. If you go much longer than that, then that's a really long URL. Try to keep it to words that are simple and easy to spell. Don't be afraid to throw your name in there. You know, it can be like, you know, Bob's cooking kitchen or something like that's totally cool. You feel free to use slang and then just, you know, get a thesaurus out and start looking at 
different versions of all the different words that you think you want to use and something will just feel right. Like you'll come across a combination of words that you're like, okay, that feels pretty cool. And once you do that, like that's the one, just use that. (laughs) So, and then the other thing, this is a big question. People wonder like, what if I use like a, a .net or a .co? Um, Those are actually fine. I think .com, .co, .net, those are fine to use. I think once you start getting into the like weirder ones, I wouldn't use something like that. I don't think that people are going to take the website maybe as seriously, but there are great examples of .net. For example, there's a, my favorite food blog is damndelicious.net. And I've been following that blog for years. The woman that runs it crushes it. I'm sure she makes my revenue look like a joke. (laughs) You know, like she's, she's awesome and her food is great too. So check out the website, but you know, that's, that's a perfect example. Like that it doesn't have to be .com. .com is probably the strongest, but .co and .net work <laughs> just as well. So, and then the, the last piece on this, when I was talking about typing it in, like actually typing things into the browser and, and worrying about spelling and things like that, you want it to be easy to spell. But at the end of the day, most people that, that come to your website are not typing your URL into the browser. What they're doing is they're typing a search query into Google or something into Pinterest or it scrolls across on their Facebook feed and they click on an article and that's how they're getting to your website. Most people never actually type in your domain name. So even if you do land on one that you love and it's not the easiest word to spell, it's okay. You're still going to be able to get plenty of traffic to your website because most of the traffic is not direct, you know, people typing in the URL. So, and then the last piece on that, once you go through Bluehost and we're going to have a link in the show notes on this, but you go through the process and you get to the domain name selection area my advice would be just to skip it if you don't know the actual domain name yet. And you can always go back into your account, log in and figure it out later and, and put it in there. But I think it's best to just like rip the bandaid off. You know, you want to start your blog, get it started, click the skip button pretty much if you don't know yet and then figure it out and then go back and create your blog mm-hmm. name. So it's kind of my, my advice on all the domain stuff. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is that you can always change it later. You can always rebrand, you know, and so it might be one of those things like you start, you start to get some traction, you're building it up and you go, man, I really wish I would have done this and you can rebrand. And I've seen people rebrand at really big levels, you know, like where they have huge followings and I've seen them do it when they're small. And I don't think that it's a problem either way. When it's small, like you don't have enough following for it to matter. When you're big, you have such diehard fans that they're just going to be supportive of you and be excited. And there's going to be a lot of momentum you're going to get from a rebrand. So I wouldn't be overly worried about it, right? you know, if you need to change down the road. So I'm sorry. One, one last thing I forgot. That is a good point. A lot of people do switch to like their, their actual name. Like maybe they started a, a blog name and they didn't, they didn't love the name. They go to their actual name, but Bluehost does for, throw in a free domain name. So that's usually something like you'd have to go to GoDaddy, like purchase the domain name and all that you go through Bluehost, they're going to give you a free domain. So that's just kind of another little perk that they throw in to, to help out. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So we talked about tech domain names. Okay. So before we get to, oh, there was a third one. I mean, the, the last two we'll put together. Tech domain names. We're having an on-air meeting here because I have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> uh, we'll just leave this in. You guys can yeah. see how, how it goes. I just, I don't remember the third one. We'll get at the next ones. I can't, cause I can't well, remember the third one now either. Wait, you can't either. No, this is horrible. Y'all. I this know. Is horrible. Okay. Well, so the last, <laughs> uh, your niche, what's oh. your niche, like choosing, like, what are you going to talk about? What's your topic and all of that. So that was pretty embarrassing. I didn't realize you, I thought, 
you were just like putting it on me. You didn't. No, no. I was watching you struggle with it. And I realized like I had that moment of like, crap, I don't know what we're talking about either. Um, no, so the niche, yeah, that's the the biggest question I get. Uh, people want to know, they're like, I've got all these ideas. What the heck do I write about? Right. And that's valid. I mean, there are a lot of different things you could write about. And so, uh, my advice with that is always, let's say you have three or four different things that you kind of want to write about. I wouldn't necessarily write a blog or create a blog that talks about all of those different things. Like, let's say it's like you like building Lego sets and you also like yo-yo and you also like sports. Like those are not three things that I would probably blog about. What I would do is I would pick the one that you're most passionate about because you're gonna be spending a lot of time talking about that subject, covering that subject from every single angle you can probably think of and really trying to help people with that subject. Like that's kind of what the the main goal of a blog is. You're trying to solve people's problems that they have around a certain subject. So I would pick the one that you love the most and then you can always grow from there. So like a perfect example, I started Millennial Money Man. All I talked about in the beginning was like student loans and like entitlement with money or whatever, which if you look at Millennial Money Man now, I don't actually talk a whole lot about student loans and I don't talk a lot about the entitlement thing. It's more actionable advice for people that are wanting to start side hustles or make more money. Uh, And then we've built out all these different, they're called content verticals, where it's like I have a whole content vertical built out on how to make more money. And then a whole content vertical built out on uh, budgeting apps and tools and like things that you can use to actually manage your money, right? So you start small, you start very narrow, very focused on the thing that you're the most passionate about, and then you can grow the blog with related subjects later. So that's always my advice. Like, don't just pick a bunch of random stuff and start writing about it. Pick one thing uh, and really start covering that topic and so and take it from one of the best examples I've heard going to mention Robert Farrington again, because he's, we've, we've mentioned him before on the podcast and he's a, he runs the college investor.com. And he gave me some really good advice one time. And it was like, cause he has a massive website, tons and tons of traffic. And all he does is answer people's questions. Like that's at the end of the day, every piece of content, everything that they do over there is just how can we answer people's questions? Right. And like, if you take that approach, then you're probably going to do pretty well. So that's, that's even, what I even think. without doing a lot of SEO research, if you're just answering yeah. People's questions. That's what they're searching for anyway. So you'll kind of stumble upon winners. Yeah. And and one other piece I'll add to that. It's not about telling your story a whole lot. I'm a big fan of telling story, but that can't be everything. Like your, your blog can't just be, I don't think that the blogs where it just follows your story of like paying off debt. I think that's valuable for some people because they, they get to see you go through the process, but I think you have to pair that with actionable advice and helping people answer their questions. Like it can't just be the, you know, the Instagram influencer model where you're just, you know, showing people how you live. I don't think that has long-term play in the blogging world. I don't think you can really build a solid business on that. And so I would say, do that, tell your story, but also make sure you're sharing content along with your story that helps people and answers their questions of things that they might be going through that you also went through. And I think that's like the stronger recipe for creating blog content and building an audience and and making money ultimately. Yeah. And you got to think about with that, there's a role for it. Like if you started the blog, no longer broke.com and you were like, I have no money and I'm investing in this Bluehost thing and I'm starting a blog. I'm going to share my journey of finding ways to make money. Well, that story is going to do really well. And that's kind of the thing you're going to share maybe in your emails or your social media, but the blog is going to be, you know, it might be my journey from broke to self-employed and, you know, 
helping other people along the way. And then the blog content is you're taking the things that you've learned or the things you're researching and you're creating articles around that that are going to help other people. You might share a snippet of your story, like your experience with it, but like really the story stuff is for social. So I think that's a really good point. I think the other thing is when you're choosing a niche, like you need to make sure it's something that you're going to be happy talking about and that you can really dig into. And I don't think that it necessarily has to be like, I'm not a big person in business, like follow your passion. I don't, I don't really think that that's great advice, but I think you have to be excited about something. And I think like a really good example for me, if I were going just based off of my expertise and my knowledge, it would probably be just talking about Facebook ads only because just my depth of knowledge and and the mechanics of that and just how the algorithm works and how things go is very deep, but it's boring as hell. Right. Like I just, I don't, I'm not excited. I don't wake up and I'm like, Hey, Facebook ads. Like that's algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what happens. But the things that I am passionate about, I do enjoy are helping my clients build their businesses and the strategy behind the funnels and the systems automation and all that kind of stuff. And so if, you know, that's, it might be one of those things, like if I'm choosing, I might talk about like, Hey, I'm going to teach, I'm going to do a blog about how, to build a coaching, consulting, or course business, you know, because I put those all kind of in the same thing. And I might be talking about Facebook ads, but I'm also talking about email marketing. And I'm also talking about funnels. Maybe those are the three pillars. And that's like, okay, I can really dive into all of that. I have really great knowledge about all of that. But, you know, it's something that like, I'm not going to lose steam for because Facebook ads in the, the umbrella of like building and launching and promoting a course and scaling it that's exciting. And maybe I still have to explain what the pixel is and how to run a conversion campaign and all of that, but that's not the only thing I'm doing, right? I'm also talking about these bigger picture things. So you got to keep that in mind too, when you're doing this, it needs to be something that like you can really sink your teeth in and talk about long-term, right? And it can change over time, right? It can change. And I think LE is a really good example of this. Like our core product has been the Facebook side hustle course. And we believe that that's a great way to make money. And we'll always talk about that. But when you think about like what are Bobby and I passionate about, what do we want the future of the business to be? What do we want to talk about? We've had a lot of conversations around that. One thing that we decided is like, we are going to put out content about blogging because we have a laptop empires blog, Bobby's successful blogger, but Bobby didn't want to create another blogging course. So instead, we're going to point you to our friends that have blogging courses that are incredible and go, hey, here's your SEO course. Here's your blogging course instead of us trying to create another one to compete with them. And then we can focus on the stuff that we're really passionate about, which is growing your product, your digital products, right? Like, okay, you've created one and let's, let's focus on that, you know? And so we figured that out over time because we fit, we had discussions about like, what do we want to teach? What do we want to talk about? What are we good at? And it was like, you know, the same thing we could sit here and we could go all in on Facebook ads or all in on blogging. And that's what we both do. But the way that those two things support growing and scaling a course, that's where the intersection is. That's what's made us successful. And that's what's helped us make our students, our you know, coaching clients successful. So that's the thing we wanted to talk more about. And and we do talk more about. So a lot of factors to go into there, but I think the important thing is like pick something that you can talk about 
and then let it evolve over time. You'll find your place and it will evolve over time. What you start with today isn't what you'll be talking about two years from now. Yeah, for sure. So the next one we were going to talk about was the financial part of it, right? Yeah, a just lot of investment in general. Because I think end- you have to make a time investment. You have to make a monetary investment. And I think people are unwilling to make one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. And my perception has been skewed a little bit of this because of how the business has grown. And I'm a massively different place in my business revenue-wise than I was, obviously, when I first started. And it was zero. And so it's hard to kind of figure out sometimes, like, I see people that are like, oh, you know, I, w- I want to start a blog, but I don't want to spend the 50, 60 bucks to actually get started with it. And on one level, I totally understand that because like, you know, for a lot of people, there was a time for me when I, when I was a band director that like spending $60 on something was a really big decision. And I had to really think about it, especially when I had my student loan debt and, and all of that. So I totally empathize with that and I've been there. But at the same time, if you want to start a business in the grand scheme, you know, paying for blog hosting or paying for, you know, different various tech things that you might need to start a blog. It's really a very small amount of money. So that's kind of one of the things I think you have to go into any business and blogging is certainly a business understanding that you have to have a small upfront cost or a potentially, I don't want to say unlimited amount of revenue you can bring in, but there are people that I know, well, and myself included, I, I probably paid about 60 bucks to start Millennial Money Man, which eventually turned into Laptop Empires being a seven-figure business, right? So like, I don't know what the ROI percentage calculation is on that. Huge. But it's big, <laughs> right? It's, it's big. And, I'm, and you know, it, it's one of those things I think people need to kind of keep that in mind. So the way that a lot of blog hosting works, especially when you are kind of like, I'm going to call it like the beginner level blog hosting, because there's different levels of website hosting. Like the website hosting that I'm on for Millennial Money Man is much more expensive than what most people start off with in Bluehost. Uh, and then if you have sites that have, you know, multi-millions of people per month, their own dedicated servers, and they have a backup server, and it gets, you know, really crazy and, and really expensive. Um, but the way that it works for Bluehost, for example, is that you you have your hosting and the price is about, you can either do 12 months, 24 months, or 36 months. And depending on which one of those options you choose, you pay up front for the hosting, but it keeps the cost low. So you're looking at like, it's like $2.95 per month if you do 36 months, and it's like $3.95 for 24 and then $4.95 for, for 12 months. So it works out to be like anywhere from 60 to 110 or 120 bucks, if I remember correctly, depending on the level of hosting you choose. So a lot of people kind of go like, well, I'd rather just pay, you know, let's say, I'd rather just pay month to month, right? And I've talked to Bluehost about this. I'm like, why do you guys do it like this? And the reality is it's not cost effective for the hosting companies to do it that way. Because what happens is if somebody wants to select a month to month plan, there's a good chance that they don't actually continue on with their blog and they cut their hosting very quickly. And it's hard for the the hosting companies to keep people on, you know, keep lifetime value of the customers up and justify having that month to month cost. And so what they do is they have it up front. And so the people that are starting blogs, if they're willing to pay an upfront price for 12 months to 36 months, they're probably going to take it pretty seriously and they're going to become you know, long-term customers for the hosting company. So it makes a lot more sense for them. So they basically, instead of doing 10 to $15 per month on a month-to-month plan that somebody might cancel after month one, they get people that are more likely to stay around for longer by offering the very cheap monthly price plans, but just in bulk. So it's kind of like buying in bulk. So that's kind of how all of that works. So I know a lot of people 
when they hit, they, you know, they go to Bluehost, they're like, I'm ready to start my blog. And then they see that it's $60 instead of just like $2.95 per month. That's why. But at the end of the day, it's a very small upfront cost to start a real business. Um, and the thing I always kind of liken it back to is brick and mortar companies. If you were to start, you know, some kind of other, you know, it's like a swimming pool company is one I always go to because that's what I wanted to start. It would have cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars that I had, I would have had to borrow to get a truck and maybe a storefront and the equipment and the chlorine and the tools, like all the stuff. And so I would have been out hundreds of thousands of dollars that I had to make first, pay back the loan, and then I'm profitable. Whereas a blog, you know, you sell a couple of affiliate products, you know, first couple of months and you've recouped your cost and then it's all profit after that. So that's kind of my, my spiel on the, uh, on the, the cost of everything. But I think giving that, that insight and why hosting companies like to do the upfront pricing is important because it's something that I think people need to take into account. Like if you pay upfront for hosting for a year or 24 months or 36 months, you're way more likely to actually stick around and do it. Uh, and it's going to be cheaper in the long run. Because you have skin in the game. Yeah. Like this is one of the biggest things that I've seen over and over and over, both from like when I had my fitness business to coaching to ad clients, like everything that I've done in this online business world, when you have skin in the game, you are more likely to get things done. It's just human nature because fear of loss is more motivating than the potential gain. And so even if you go, oh man, I could be making six figures from home with a blog, like, you know, woohoo. That's not going to motivate you as much as like, oh my God, I just invested, you know, $200. And if I lose that $200, I'm going to be so mad, you know, I'm sorry, my, my kid, <laughs> 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 quarantine. But so I think that there's something to that, you know, as well, that just, you're more likely to get results. And if you invest in it and if you do it, right, it's the same thing. If you pick a domain name and if you put some money down and you tell your friends about it, you're more likely to do it, right? And I think the biggest thing is like getting started and then sticking to it. We should probably do an episode on consistency, you know? And the last thing is just that's keeping you back and we'll make this quick is just time, right? Yeah. I hear all the time, like people are like, oh, I don't have time to do this. And um, we have a lot of people, the reason there's a lot of interest in blogging right now is because people feel like they do have more time with whatever, everything that's going on and being at home. I don't know how I feel like I have less. I'm sure a lot of parents feel that way, but you have to make time for what's important to you. Right. And I think Bobby, you've talked about in the past, like you were working on it from school and like, you know, it, as soon as you got home and like you were just, anytime you had a spare moment, it becomes your hobby. It becomes the thing you do. Like you, you know, if you watch one less episode of whatever show you're binging and just put 30 minutes in every night, like you're going to go far. Right. And so I think just you have to make that commitment and say, hey, I'm going to do this. It doesn't have to be a huge time investment. But I think what you'll find is, is that when you start your own business and you start doing something, you get addicted. Right. Yeah. You will start. It'll be like, oh, here's the idea. I don't know if I'm going to have time for it. And then you set a little bit aside, time aside. And then you start to get traction and you get hooked. It is the most addicting thing in the world. Even when you're not making money yet, all the metrics you know, when you have an extra hundred people that hit your site in a month, you were just like, oh my gosh, like how many times, how much time do we spend just looking at our dashboards, refreshing numbers? It's so hard not to do that. So you just got to bite the bullet, the time aside, like it's just something you have to decide to do. I mean, we could spend all day talking about time management and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you just got to go, do I want this or not? 
Yeah. And I'll just give like the 30 second version of, of why this kind of fallacy that you have to wait a long time before you can monetize a blog, be successful with a blog. And that's just not true. Uh, I have really good friends that have sold previous blogs for millions of dollars and then they come back and restart a project and they are monetizing that website on day one with affiliate links or with ads, you know, whatever they can do because that bringing money in makes it a lot easier to keep blogging. And I see a lot of bloggers that blog for six months or longer, and then they're scared to monetize because they didn't do it in the beginning. And then they have this whole like, uh, should I monetize? Should I not? I'm going to lose my followers, which doesn't actually happen. But you have to be comfortable selling something on your blog day one. And if you are comfortable selling something on day one, then you don't have to wait you know, months and months and months to be successful with the blog. You can start bringing in money as soon as you get your first readers to the website, which happens very quickly. So that's kind of the, if you are going to jump into a blog, I would say, you know, be prepared to monetize it. And it's not bad to monetize it. It's a good thing. And people aren't going to be upset that you monetize. I monetize Millennium Money Man. I have a great audience. I have a really passionate audience. I can sell to them. I don't always sell to them every single day, you know, every single minute, but I can sell to them and they all stick around, right? And it's because I provide a lot of value and they're used to me selling stuff. And People want to support your business, right? It's like the restaurant down the street. You don't go and feel bad uh, that you paid them for something, right? You go and you want to support them. And and it's the same thing with blogs once you build an audience. So monetize from day one and you don't have to wait as long to be successful with the blog. Awesome. Sounds great. And that's it for today's episode of the Laptop Empires podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We had fun recording it as always. We appreciate you listening. And if you're not a subscriber, do us a favor and subscribe so you don't miss any of you know our episodes. We've got new ones coming out every single Monday. We've never missed one. We're not ever going to miss one. So make sure you hit subscribe on any platform. It doesn't matter if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other ones out there. Give us a subscribe and uh, go ahead and leave us a review if you don't mind. It helps us, helps other people discover us, and we really appreciate all of the nice things that you have to say about us. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. 